everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls with Dogs. This is Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are Girls with Dogs. Hey, Kathy. Hey, I can always tell when you're, um, I can always determine your mood by your intro. Why? Because <laughs> it goes smoothly. Sometimes I'm your dear friend. Sometimes I'm your dear, dear, dear friend. <laughs> Sometimes you know, you're like, my good friend. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And for those listening, that's because of our conversations before and after recording. <laughs> definitely dictate when I'm just a good friend. Beware, <laughs> she ever goes. And I'm here with my co-host, <laughs> Kathy, of some blog that she writes. I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm really good. Do you remember when I we were talking about our Thanksgiving meal? Yep. And I told you that I had purchased a box of stovetop stuffing, the cornbread mix, and on the back of the box, it had this thing about how you could make really delicious crab cakes. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm going to do tonight for dinner. Oh, but, nice. Yeah. I went to the commissary and the crab cake was reasonable. I didn't have to kiss anybody. <laughs> help pay for my food at the cashier so I went ahead and got it and I thought we do crab cakes and salad so I'll let you know but other than that everything is pretty good what about you oh it's going good today officially marks one week of being foster parents to a puppy um she I had to set um I don't want to say her name because she'll speak but the little machine that comes from Amazon that starts with an a Um, she reminds me every two hours to take the puppy out for a potty break and machine that comes from Amazon, A L E X A. Oh, oh, oh. If I say her name, she'll pipe up and start chatting with me. That is the puppy's name. No, that's the machine's name. The puppy's name is Bella. All right. I'm slow. Yeah. I don't ever remember the A L E X A. So I don't, yeah. (laughs) So now I can just yell that out during our recording. And I'm, and then I'll just, we'll just have a horrible recording because I'm just going to shut it down. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm just going to shut it down. Just be like, bye, y'all. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, I'm enjoying looking at pictures of Bella because she's really, really very, very cute. She is. She's she's a really good puppy. What cracks me up is I can't believe that twice in our lives we had two puppies at the same time. Um, oh, yeah. And when people were trying to tell you that that was an insane thing, not that it was that you were insane, but when people were just trying to say, you know, that's crazy, but mm-hmm. you were still in your younger 40 ish militant years yep. and you were just like clapping back, you know, talking about, I don't have my phone, tell me I'm crazy. There's nothing wrong with little mates. And I was like, <laughs> you are misinterpreting this. We are empathizing. <laughs> But now that you're 50 something, how does it feel? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. Um, She's so good. And I don't know if she, well, the person, um, one of our executive directors said that this litter is, these puppies are just really good puppies. They really are. But she listens. She um, quickly, she's not potty trained yet, but she quickly picked up on, okay, we're going outside to potty. Um, she eats her food. She doesn't try, you know, she knows meal time and she sits and waits for me to do meals and she knows where her dish is. Um, she's, she knows, you know, when I tell her, go get on your bed, she'll go and lay on her bed. Um, and she almost sleeps through the night. If she wakes up, she entertains herself. Um, she sleep, I sleep in a room with her in case I have to take her outside and she'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll just go and look for something of mine. So when I wake up in the morning, she's usually curled up in like my socks or my slippers or um, a hoodie of mine. Uh, but she plays with the other dogs very well and listens to them. So they've, they they hardly have to correct her. You know, they just basically set boundaries and stuff. She mostly plays with Apollo, um, but she's played with Zoe a little bit. And she's played. Rodrigo hasn't played with her. He just mostly sniffs her. And she was, it was funny because one day she was trying to play with him, just kept running up in front of him and going into the play bow over and over again. And he was just watching her. And then eventually he slowly started wagging his tail. And I think after that, you know, he was like, okay, I like you. But um, so he tolerates her very well. But she's doing real good. 
She's she's at that. She's settled in probably about three days in. And and now it's um, everything's in her mouth. And so as we have to watch her and it's interesting because Johan and I have a different relationship with her. So I'm the person who feeds her. She likes to cuddle with me and and um, stuff. But Johan's her playmate. So she'll go and play with Johan. And and I'm always walking to the room and they're the I think it was. I don't know if it was yesterday or day before yesterday. They're both crashed out on the sofa. She'll crawl right on top of them and fall asleep on them. She loves them. So I, I have a question for you. Okay. All right. You said something that I, I want to go back. So to the very beginning of uh, when we started talking. And you said that the reader told you that this was a really good letter. So my question is, what would make her what would what would be the distinction between a good and a bad letter now now hear me out hear me out no no oh and just to be clarified not a breeder she's the executive director of the rescue okay well somebody that had been with the puppies mm-hmm. you know from from early on I, I guess my point is do you just have a batch of puppies that have the right DNA? From that particular conception, where they no, all- it's not that because this is all rescue. We get tons of different types of dogs, and they're all mutts. When yeah. she says this is a good litter, she means like they're mellow. You know, they're easy to to deal with. You're not tripping all over. You know, puppies who are destroying things. I mean, puppies go through those stages. Um, Rodrigo, I, I would never call him a bad puppy. But he was a puppy. He would tear up books. He would tear up his dog bed. I mean, he was very destructive. He, you know, he got bored easily. And when he got bored, he became destructive. She's very easy to entertain. She entertains herself very easily. She self-sues. Um, you know, she when she first got here, she followed me around everywhere. Now she's okay being on her own. You know, she's curious about where we're going, but you know, she's She's per- perfectly fine going and jumping on one of the beds with a toy and just entertaining herself. So that's kind of what she means. They're just easier to um okay. to live with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an um I hear that all the time. Such a good puppy. And I'm thinking all puppies are just puppies and some puppies are going to have like really distinguishing and unique characteristics and personalities about them. And some are just going to be puppies. I mean, I don't, I I don't, I guess I don't see it as good and bad. Yeah. I just see. Yeah. She, when she says good, she doesn't mean good as in not bad. She just means good as an easy. Like this is, you know, this is an easy, you know, the siblings and all of them, they're just easy. I mean, and, but she's, you know, she's a, she's a, she's sleeping right now. She's very, you know, if, if everyone, she follows the lead of the other dogs, if the other dogs start sleeping, then she sleeps. And even in the middle of the night, if she wakes up in the middle of the night, she's surrounded by her toy, she'll grab a toy and she'll just chew on it. Um, we haven't had a lot of experiences of her chewing on things that she shouldn't chew on. Um, and, but you know, she, she gets into things, but she's very easy to, um, to manage with and, and yeah i mean you know she, she i think she's a a good you know dog to be with other dogs you know i think she enjoys that I and mean, she enjoys you know being with humans but um yeah she's just she's a really sweet little girl any interest in her yet no uh we i found out that you know adoptions have slowed down a bit is that which is of Maybe. And also because of the economy. Okay. You know, and we're seeing a lot of people are surrendering dogs. So um, that are, you know, that they adopted during the pandemic. So all these pandemic puppies are now unsocialized dogs and um, and they're being surrendered. My The executive director says she gets calls every day, multiple calls from people who want to surrender their their dog. So. I think a lot of people are slowing down on the idea like they, you know, got a little excited and jumped the gun on getting a dog and weren't prepared for what it is to have a dog and then went back to work and um, 
and they're just can't give the dog the time. And uh, now people are trying to find homes for so many dogs. I mean, the there's always tons of dogs available, but there's just an inordinate amount of um, dogs that need homes right now. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess the hobby mentality of getting a dog because I can't go anywhere. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that they, if they were adopting dogs, they were asked that question. Mm-hmm. They probably believed in their heart at the time that no, 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 I'm looking for, you know, this dog to be with me, you know, for the rest of his or her life. Um, then there's some people who just did it and, you know, just wanted something to entertain them. Not recognizing and realizing that these dogs really, really, they do have feelings. Yeah. And they get attached. Yeah. And I think, you know, you leave a dog because that was one of the concerns that I had was being home, um, working from home, that were we to go back to working in the office full time, how would my dogs fare? Because I couldn't take them with me. And I was really worried about them um, developing separation anxiety because I wasn't at home. And thankfully, we decided, um, or the leaders that be decided not to bring us back full time. And so we're all working from home. So it worked out. But I think that a lot of people weren't prepared for that. Um, And one thing that I did with my dogs was made a point of leaving the house uh, for, you know, an hour or two on occasion and never on a routine, just here and there, just so that they um, could get used to me not being around. You know, what I've noticed with, um, as Harley was slowing down with work and he really hasn't, to be honest with you, Harley really never came back um, fully after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I could, I, I could see the progression of age Mm -hmm. um, starting to occur back then. Um, and like any pet parent who adores their dog, I figured if I stopped then, you know, and he could rest, it would be like Benjamin Button, you know, yeah. and everything would be okay. Yeah. What I did not picture in to this whole equation, and I'm going to do a blog story about it. The Jacks, because he is with me so much, if I closed the door to just go to the bathroom totally by myself, like the average adult in America. <laughs> um, this dog will actually stay outside the door and cry. So it's, I don't think he cries when I'm gone and I'll never have any idea that that happens. But if I'm in the house and there is a structure between us, i.e. like a dog, he can't figure that out. So you have to imagine it when he's at work with me, he has to be with me. Mm-hmm. So he's with me the entire day. Um, meetings, everything. Okay. I go to the cafeteria to get a spoon to eat my lunch. He's right there with me. Um, so now if I go to just have a moment, <laughs> you know, I find myself trying to rush through doing my business <laughs> because I got this. <laughs> And I'm saying to Lee, what's wrong? And Lee just kind of like, well, I don't know. He's just sitting by the door. And I'm like, well, <laughs> could you soothe him or something? I'm going upstairs. And so, you know, you, you just can't. And I end up opening the door to then wash my hands and, and finish whatever I'm doing. And it shouldn't be like that. There's something no. wrong there. And I have to try to figure out how to reverse this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, he doesn't cry when I exit the house. But if I'm in the house and we're separated by a door, all hell is going to break loose. He doesn't (laughs) like it and he doesn't want that to happen. So, Well, next week we're talking to Zoe, the dreaded dog trainer. It'll be interesting to get her take on that because it's just, yeah, it, it is one of those. My dogs don't have a problem with me going to the bathroom, but the difference is I don't have that um, day that you have with Jax. Is like, yeah. you know, I'm all, you know, although my dogs are with me, we're at home and sometimes they're in the other room. It's just not the same dynamic. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there isn't that type of like, Hey, you forgot me. <laughs> exactly. Because it's, it's, and the environment that I'm in 
is so cool because first of all, Jax is actually written into my job description. That's number one. So if I have to go down the hall to a coworker or next door to my boss, it's us. We're going together. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm upstairs, everything I do, theoretically, it is, he's my shadow. Mm-hmm. And, um, but good golly, Miss Molly, you know, <laughs> you know that there's no trap door on the other side. I can't disappear. You know, just let me have a minute, a moment, please. So, um, but yeah, you know, the focus, you know, you asked me about Harley. And, you know, if I believe that working dogs live longer and all of that. So my thing right now, I think Harley thinks he's on a paid leave or something because he doesn't seem phased whatsoever. And Mm -hmm. when I leave, he's on the landing as if to say, see, you have a good one. Mm -hmm. And um, not really phased at all. Yeah. But I will tell you something about... um, I learned something. I threw the accordion bed away. Okay. Okay. Is that the, the amphithe- amphitheater? The amphitheater, yeah. yeah. I threw the amphitheater bed away. Which, mm. Yeah. The stinky one. Huh? The stinky one. The stinky one. Stinky went out on the porch for about three days. And I recognized how much stinky was stinking at my office. So when the trash man came and I was on my way to work, the stinky went into the dumpster. Now, here's what I've noticed. It's only been like a week and a half. Kimberly, he has been forced now not to oscillate between the beds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm telling you, Harley popped out of the bed off of the big barker bed so fast the other day. It scared me <laughs> because I was like, what's happening? I mean, he has really got some get up and go now. That Um, is nice to hear. He really has. See, he would leave me at night and go get in the um, amphitheater bed. Mm -hmm. That was messing me up with, you know, let's let's work on your joints and let them relax. And so his position now, which is super cute, trying to get the right photo, he gets in the bed and his head is on the, the bolster, but he's got one leg extended out <laughs> dangling off of the edge with the little sock on mm-hmm. and I said Lee who does he look like he said you when you're having a hot flash I was like you <laughs> stick your leg out of the yes oh I know that pain I know that move and I was <laughs> like oh my god that's what he looks like I mean the little legs just out there dangling that's what's better loving life yeah um yeah we have I wish Big Barker had round beds because now that we have, um, you know, Big Barker beds in various rooms, Rodrigo does do well. He likes to lay on the floor and he likes to lay on the sofa, but he does well on the bed. And, you know, I started paying attention to that over the past week because of something you said previously. And he does. He gets up from the bed when he's on a Big Barker bed. He gets up from the bed a lot easier than the only other beds we have in the house are the, um, well, we have a, a round therapeutic bed um, and then the round Costco beds. And I have two of them stacked on top of each other. And I only did it that way because we just have limited space and we don't want a house that where we're tripping over dog beds. And um, the the round Costco, I mean, they're great. They're great for the puppy. <clears throat> they're great for Apollo. They're not so great for Rodrigo. Because they just have zero support. They're thicker than a lot of the beds that you would get at a pet store, but they have no support. And how he gets, when he gets up from the Costco bed, it's like when you yeah. get up and you, he worked yeah, out got, last night and he got up minute. in the morning. You got to wait a minute. Yes. Get and it's just out. like, oh. So that's what was happening. There was this, you know, we, you could see the little back feet trying to position, mm-hmm. get up. Be a little wobbly, you know? Yep. And so the other day I said, um, all right, what do you all want? Pumpkin or cheese in your breakfast? And yes, I ask those kind of questions. Because <laughs> I speak doodle and I understand their responses. And usually it's Jax that's walking downstairs with me. And this time I looked and it was Harley. And I was like, really? So I started <laughs> paying attention at how he just gets up. 
He doesn't even stretch. You know, some dogs get up and stretch. Oh, no, man. He just gets up, jumps off. He's going down the stairs. And I'm like, slow down. Slow your roll. And it's it's a good thing, too. I want a long, flat one. Rodrigo's been, he's been in laser. You get in, gosh, use your words. He's getting laser therapy for his arthritis. And we missed our appointment this past week because of the weather. It snowed. Um, So he's going on this coming Tuesday. And I was worried about we're missing this week and how he was going to look. He's looking great. He's, you know, and when he chills on the big Barker bed, if we go outside, I try to discourage him from running full out um, because he is still recovering from a partial cruciate tear, but he's, he, he's more um, active or, you know, he looks like he's more comfortable basically moving his body. So well, it's, it's nice. I want to rearrange my, my office, but I think what I want to do. So we both got extra larges, right? Mm-hmm. I think what I want to do is get the giant. Mm-hmm. I know, right? I want to get one giant. So the extra large is 52 by 36 by seven. The giant is 60 by 48 by seven. Mm-hmm. But if I get the giant and get the sleek one with no headrest, no sofa, mm-hmm. bowl, I can put that in my office and that will take care of both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when I'm in my office, if they want to curl up and what have you, then, um, you know, they can do that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thinking I'm going to do next. Uh, you know, after the first of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm holding out for a round one. I re- I would replace the beds that, that are in the um, living room with round any, ones that they have. Anybody that's listening, I had probably um, four or five beds. And that doesn't come close to Kimberly. You know, <laughs> she has many more dogs. But I had five, four or five beds all around the house. And Lee made a very valid point to me. He said, Kathy, how many beds do you have? And I said, I have one. But I said, I can sit on furniture. He said, I understand that. He said, and nothing is stopping them from going upstairs to get in their bed or use any of these rugs that we have. But all of these beds all over the house, he said, I I can't take it. So uh, the amphitheater was the last bed to to stay. And Mm -hmm. I blamed it on Harley, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the last time I watched it, like I said, I was sweating to beat the band and stuffing <laughs> to get all that crap back in. They have not skipped a beat just having a bed, a piece. So don't think you have to have, you know, it's going to be traumatic uh-huh. if you just go right down to one bed per dog. Although I say that as I want a third one. <laughs> I'm justifying that in my own head. Yeah, I just want we have we have seven dog beds in this house. One of them is up in our storage room, which and um it used to be Scout's bed, so it's hard to get rid of it. So it's sitting upstairs in the storage room. And then in our living room we have these round beds. And what I'm looking for actually cuz the the one of the round beds it's sort of like that anxiety bed, but it's it has it's a real nice thick therapeutic nothing close to um big barker i will not drop down on my knees on that bed <laughs> but um it is a nice bed if i could get a second one of those i'd get rid of these costco beds but um but i'm i'm i agree uh, johan had that conversation with me years ago cuz he was like you got to stop bringing beds into this house because cuz yeah. the dogs they our dogs do get on the furniture i mean right now I'm looking at these beds over there and no one is on a bed. Two dogs or three dogs are laying on the floor and one dog is on the sofa. So it's just like, we can get rid of them. So I don't, I don't do the sofas downstairs mainly because they're light in color. Mm -hmm. So um, if I let them, that doesn't, they don't understand your feet are dirty. So But they're okay with that. And it's kind of interesting that we don't let them get on the sofa, but they're on the beds upstairs. And I'm fine with that. But um, but yeah, I just think one more. And I figured, why not go with the giant so then they could be on there together? Mm-hmm. Um, because right now, Harley is in our bedroom on his big barker because there's no bed in my office anymore. And Jax, of course, is on the human bed mm-hmm. in my office. 
So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But, um, I think I just, I want to do, I, I do want to clear it up. Plus it'll, it, you know, we did the cleaning in the house, you know, uh, last month when we had a power outage and getting rid of the clutter, man, that made me feel so good. And so now I'm constantly looking at stuff that it's like, do we need this? Do I need this in here? And, Minimalistic um, life is amazing. It is. It's less, we, Johan and I were watching, you know, we like HGTV. And we were watching, um, it's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's when people win the lottery. And then this, I think his name is David. He's a house designer. He takes them around and shows them houses that they can buy. And it's not like they're buying mansions or anything. It's usually, you know, someone got a $100,000 scratch ticket. So now they're going to buy a new house. Okay. Um, well, in one of them, I don't know how much money they these people won, but they, they were, I think they were in Maine. And um, they're looking around at houses and they're looking at big houses. And Johan and I, you can always tell when you get practical at, you know, at that age where all the only thing we could focus on is that house is 5,500 square feet. (laughs) By the time you finish cleaning that entire house, you have to start all over again. That's all you will be doing is cleaning that house. I mean, granted, yes, people can hire people to help and, and all that, but None of those homes were appealing because they were so big. And right now I showed you before we started recording, I have a pile of boxes behind my computer um, that I need to go through, open and put stuff away and break down the boxes and put them into recycling because, and after I do that, it's going to feel so nice just to, ah, clean. (laughs) I just can't, I, I can't. My, um. So I'm really excited. Oh, I think I can show send you a picture. So I have this really sweet neighbor. She's mm-hmm. just a doll. Um, but I don't, I can say this because she doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> but somewhere down the line, she started buying me flowers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, can you see this? Oh, orchids. Okay. So she started buying me flowers. Now, here's something I need to tell you. I don't like flowers. Really? Yeah. I'm not a flower person. I really am not. I'm good to I know. like trees. Huh? I will not buy you flowers. I like trees. I will I, buy you a dogwood. I love trees, but I don't like flowers, cut flowers. And so she brought me this orchid. And I'm, girl, so one, when you talk about minimalistic lifestyle, She's going to tell me where she thinks it will survive because I kill everything. Mm-hmm. So that means that I have to put something on my kitchen counter huh? because I don't <laughs> like stuff on my counter. Okay, <laughs> I'm not that kitchen person where you can see my toaster and my blender and my Vitamix. And now I have a coffee pot because that's essential to everybody's safety mm-hmm. in my home. But, you know, I don't like all of that stuff. So this was really a test for me to be able to put something on the counter and like, let it stay. So then she said, I had to mist it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm doing my damnedest to keep this thing alive. And so I've had it for four days now. I'm amazed it's not dead. Cause that's just what my track record is like. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm gonna keep it by on the sink. And you see, I had my little mister. Mm-hmm. that I own because somebody else bought me something that they thought that I was going to like. And I, but it came in handy because I have this orchid. So I'm going to continue to keep you uplifted, okay. uplifted, updated on Ophelia, the orchid. <laughs> and let's see if she can make it until Christmas. That's funny. I do. The, I have plants, um, but they're all, I need to. Indoor I, plants? Huh? Indoor plants? Yep. I do succulents because that's the only type of plant that I that I can somewhat keep alive. Somebody gave me one of those too at work and a Christmas cactus. Where on my forehead does it stay? <laughs> it's because people are like, no, you can do that. succulents are easy. I had to go buy a book because it's like, you know, and um, but I've so far, I mean, I have killed many succulents. I hope this is not offensive and I don't mean it to be, but I wanted my succulent when I was going to be gone for three days because it's in my office, you know, and I used the top 
of a water bottle, the plastic little round water bottle. Mm-hmm. And because it's a real tiny little thing. And when I put it in there, it's like, oh, surely that's just not enough. So I did it again. <laughs> and then it started oozing onto my desk. And the only thing I had to stop it from oozing on my desk at the time was a um, face mask, mm. you know? Mm. And I swear, it looked like I had my plant sitting on top of a Santa napkin. <laughs> I out laughing. Mm. I just cracked up, but it really works because it absorbed, mm-hmm. you know, everything, all of the water that was oozing out of it. So I have that and I have a Christmas cactus that I'm trying to keep alive because yeah. I feel that it's important for somebody to give it to me whether I like them or not, it's important that I do my best. Yeah. But that's the part that's stressful for me. And that's why I think I would prefer to just say, no, don't, no. (laughs) That's why I like succulents because I am notorious for not watering things. And I, for for a long time, I thought I was really a good, I had a really good green thumb. Because I have so many, I had so many plants and they were all doing so great. And I barely, you know, I barely had to do anything with them. No, Johan was watering everything. And I didn't realize it because he was like, you never water your plants. So I quit doing that and um, got succulents so that the fact that I barely water anything doesn't matter. And then Johan got me a moisture meter so I can go around the house and check the moisture. That's all. That's as much. It makes me feel happy. And that's as much as I can do. Um, I like getting flowers from time to time. You know, it's nice to have flowers from time to time. But um, what I don't like is the cleanup when they die. Like, it's nice when they're there, like, um, and they're beautiful and stuff. But again, I, you know, I don't want to throw them away if there's still buds and everything, but once they die and the petals start dropping and then I have to deal with, oh, do I keep this vase? Because it's because I have so many vases from people sending me flowers and it's, and I don't, I'm not the type of person, even though I have a flower garden, I don't go and pick flowers and bring them into the house. I want to be that type of person, but I don't, you see people on TV doing this in real life, the flowers have bugs in them. And so you're just bringing bugs into the house. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I, I, I just, I need, that's another thing I need to do is go through all of our vases and um, get rid of them because we're, we don't have flowers and vases every now and then I'll go and pick um, roses. Cause we have a few rose bushes. And so sometimes I'll go and pick roses, but even then I don't have this big, beautiful bouquet of roses. It's just like a little thing. I just need a little tiny little vase. I don't need anything. So yeah. I'm like I am like really okay. I, yeah. I, I'm okay. Uh, but I, I am with you. I love trees. And because a tree I can plant and we can watch it grow. So we have t- we have tons of trees. And a couple of years ago, Johan started picking up like the any of the seeds that the trees dropped yeah. and planting those to see if he can get new trees. And he's We've bloomed, um, not, I don't know if that's the word, but we've or propagated or whatever it's called, but we have a whole bunch of um, little small trees and we found out like, I love willow trees and all you have to do is clip off a branch of a willow and put it in water and it'll grow roots. And then you plant that into soil and boom, you have a new willow tree. So we did that one year and gave people willow trees from, you know, clippings from our tree. And so I, I like things like that. That's something easy. It's outside. And, you know, if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. That's kind of how I feel. That's how I feel. You know, I'm I'm more into a vegetable garden. I like vegetable gardens because I can do something with a vegetable garden. You know, I can eat the food and um, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, because it it is a lot of work. Because then I would love to have a full on garden. And Johan is like, nope, you cannot do that. And I used to get all butthurt about it because it's like, we got five acres. Of course I can have a garden. But he's like, Kimberly, you will keep up that garden for about a week. And then you will just walk away from it and it'll be overrun with weeds. It's a lot of work. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how far you think you can stretch yourself. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. So what I do is instead of, you know, having a full on garden, we went and bought um, troughs from this farm store and Johan drilled holes in the bottom and filled it with soil. And every, I have two of them 
And every year I um, fill them. Well, one of them has raspberry plants in it. And um, the other one is for my vegetables. And then I have tons of, I went and looked on Craigslist for someone who was getting rid of pots, you know, um, planters and stuff like that. So I have lots of big pots. So if I want to grow strawberries, I put them in this pot. And, um, and since I have a limited space in the trough, I can only pick, you know, maybe one or two vegetables um, a year. This past year I did green beans. Um, in years prior, I would do zucchini or, I mean, one year I did like a bunch of like, uh, what is it? Kale and collard greens and broccoli. I did artichokes. Artichokes are easy to grow. So I I really would like to say that I would do that. (laughs) It's a lot. I, I want my neighbors next door. They built this beautiful garden and they, it has high, beautiful walls. So the deer can't get into it. Um, you go over there now and, um, every time we go, we go over there to talk, chat with them. I'm always like, gosh, I wish, you know, Johan would make something like that for me, but I wouldn't keep up with it. No. I, I have, I have plenty of friends that have these gorgeous gardens and, and hats off to them, um, that they can keep up with it and they're beautiful and they post what they're I mean, growing. It would, nice. it would be nice to grow strawberries because then I wouldn't have to run to the grocery store. And get them for the dogs, but that's okay. I'll run to the grocery store. I'm all right with that. You know, I found that you have to grow a lot of strawberries to stop going to the grocery store. So, see, you know what I mean? You would, I mean, a couple of plants that you get strawberries, but once you eat them, they're gone. <laughs> Wednesday is Senior Citizen Day. I get my strawberries, blueberries, and um, and I I found a great sale on blueberries, so I have a ton. So I think mm. I'm going to freeze some. I did and, that. And then I'll serve them to Jack's frozen because he likes ice. Mm-hmm. So he probably enjoy frozen blueberries. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, talk to me about vaccinations. We were starting to talk about that. Yeah. Before. So um, this morning, Johan and I saw, well, first of all, I switched vets recently. And I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or not, but I took Rodrigo to the vet last month or or recently, I should just say. And you because talked he talked to me about it. You didn't talk yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, he had he has arthritis and he has like kind of a hump in his back that was concerning. So I show up at the vet for our appointment. And there's a sign on the door. They're doing COVID protocol. And um, so I call from outside and they're like, you can't come in. You just need to send your dog in. And so I'm like, well, can I just come in for a second? I just want to show them my dog. And they're like, well, no. And um, and I was I was frustrated because I didn't want to explain it over. We did talk about this. It's like I didn't want to explain it over the phone and get something wrong and um have there be a misunderstanding. And so I was just like, just come out. It's like I will stay six feet away. I just want to show them this one thing. That's all I want to do. Make sure that they understand what I'm concerned about. That's all. And the receptionist was not willing to let me do it. And it's a 40 minute drive one way for me to go to the, to the vet. What's funny is it's a 40 minute drive going there. It's closer to an hour getting home because traffic going the opposite way is always heavier. And so I was just like, well, then why did I even come? Because you're not going to be able to treat what I need you to treat. And I was like, I might as well just go back home and go to a vet in my neighborhood. If that's the case, if you guys can't just, you know, in my, in my thought, I was so surprised that she was so, and she's like, well, I'll ask them. And she comes back. Yep. They're not going to do that. And they're not going to come out. And I was like, can they come outside? No, they're not going to come outside. And I'm like, but they have to come get my dog. Yeah. I'm not going to just open the door and shoo them in. And I just couldn't understand. And so she tells me, well, if you don't send your dog in, you're, we're going to charge you for a no call, no show. And that's pretty much what ended that relationship with the vet, because I'm like, I was standing there like, I'm, I'm standing outside the vet clinic. So obviously I showed up, I'm talking on the phone with you looking at you. So obviously, you know, I called, so I'm not paying a fee and I didn't appreciate being threatened. And I didn't feel that what I was requesting was out of hand. And this is the second time I've had a combative experience with their front desk staff. Um, During COVID, one of them came and got into my face and got pretty aggressive with me. Um, to the point where I thought that she was going to um, strike me physically. 
because she was so upset and just really aggressive. And the only reason why I forgave that and continued going was because it was COVID. In, in my mind, I was thinking, what did this poor woman go through all day today that brought her to this level of angst? Okay. And, um, and so I let it go. But the second time I was just like, you know what, this is, I'm driving all the way here. I don't need this. Well, eventually they came and got my dog. I showed them, I said, like, do you see this? And they were like, yeah, I do. I do see a bit of a hump there. They took him in and that was it. And I just didn't understand why we had to have this 20 minute back and forth to, to do that. It was unreasonable. So that being said, I went to a new vet that's closer to me and we started you know, talking about vaccinations and, and because my dogs weren't vaccinated. And I explained that I was not comfortable having Rodrigo vaccinated. He's 12 and a half going on 13. He doesn't go anywhere. He's not exposed to things. I just am not going to have him vaccinated. But the conversation made me think about Zoe and Apollo and, you know, what are their risk levels? And, and, Mostly Apollo, but now, Zoe why, hasn't been. So why, let me just ask you, why those dogs? Well, because um, Zoe hasn't been vaccinated since she was a, a year old. So even for the, some people believe, like, for instance, the rabies vaccine lasts for seven years, um, you know, instead of the three years that we are required to vaccinate our dogs. Well, even if it did last seven years, um, she's, she's not covered anymore because she's uh, nine years old. And um, Apollo, you know, he was last vaccinated when he was about seven months old. So, and he's about to be four. So he's due for a vaccine. So I started thinking about, you know, the risk factors and, you know, and I, I create content for a community that is, I wouldn't say, no, I'm going to say it is there are a lot of people who are very anti-vaccination for dogs. Some people say they're just anti-over-vaccination and that's how I feel. I'm anti-over-vaccination, but I'm not anti-vaccination. It's just that before I have my dogs vaccinated, I want to be up on what's current and ask questions. And I was really impressed with this new veterinarian. It's a traditional veterinarian. They have a ton of kibble in the the lobby, um, but they were willing to talk to me. And, and, you know, I so appreciated that. And this, my former vet that I left the vet staff, I only had an issue with the front desk. The vet staff was fantastic and they were willing to do the same thing. They would just let us, we would have to sign off saying that we were refusing vaccinations. And I'm grateful for this move because it forced me to have to really rethink vaccinations again, something that was just not on my radar. So Saying all of that, this morning, Johan and I saw two stories. Thankfully, they weren't local, but it was very concerning because I posted on my social media about the experience with the new vet and, and about, you know, rethinking vaccinations and got a lot of pushback. I mean, it was respectful pushback. So it wasn't like I, I was trolled. Everyone was really respectful. But, you know, I was surprised at the number of people that felt sorry for my dogs Um, People who didn't really understand that just because you titer your dogs doesn't get you out of vaccinating your dogs. And just because you felt sorry for your dogs. Well, you know, people feel sorry because people really believe that vaccinating dogs is dangerous and it shortens their lives. And so they felt sorry that I was going to do this to my dogs. And, um, and, you know, there was only a couple of those comments, but most people were you know, I think if I leave those comments out, it was sort of 50-50 of people who were in the same boat as me and educating themselves about vaccinations and doing what they thought was safe and appropriate for their dogs. And then people who would titer their dogs. And I was constantly, you know, and other people, we we're all explaining that, you know, and for those of you guys don't know, a titer is a blood test where they test to see how many of the antibodies from the vaccination are still um, there. And yeah. the idea is that you can show this to, you know, your governing body to say, hey, my dog is still protected. So I don't want to um, vaccinate them again. And it prevents over vaccination. Well, um, if you live in a state, as I do, that doesn't accept titers, you're spending to titer a dog for rabies. The last I checked was $600 per dog. And yes, you can go and have a blood test drawn and then have it shipped off to a lab, you know, through another veterinarian in another state and get the titer done for like, you know, $100 or even less. Mm -hmm. But it's still a lot of work 
to do only to still have to vaccinate your dog by law. So this is something that's been going through my head and I've been thinking about, and I have come to the conclusion that um, it, uh, Zoe, I'm still on the fence of Apollo is definitely going to be vaccinated. And the reason why I am vaccinating him is because out of all of my dogs, I take Apollo more places. He engage, he interacts with more dogs. Um, I take him to my friend's house. She has a bunch of dogs. I take him to a local brewery where um, it's very open and pet friendly. And so I feel like for his sake, he needs to be protected, but also for the sake of other dogs. Although my dog does not have rabies, I feel for my dog, it's a responsible thing to do. Um, that being said, so this morning, Johan and I saw two news stories. And it's so funny that this happened because just they were almost back to back. One was in Southern California where a coyote jumped out and tried to snatch a two-year-old child, had the child by the ankle and was dragging the child away when the father ran around, grabbed his baby and was throwing rocks to scare the coyote off. And the coyote wasn't immediately running away. And coyotes in our area, they don't come close. They'll look at you. They'll check you out. They're like, what you doing? But they don't come up to you. And the coyotes that do come up to you, um, I have learned, you know, you need to be careful about. We um, had a cougar attack a few years ago where a cougar killed this man on the Centennial Trail and dragged his body off. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's a, they found the cougar and and put it down but those are things that are concerning but the second story that we saw this morning was a raccoon a little girl standing on her porch and a raccoon attacked her so she's screaming the mother runs outside grabs a raccoon throws it across the yard and they're both going to the hospital to get you know a rabies shot and the same the little girl in the first story the 2 year old went and got a rabies shot and now I know that we aren't stepping out our house worried about coyotes and raccoons jumping out of the bushes and attacking us, but it was just interesting that that those were the stories that popped up today as I'm thinking about vaccinating my dogs. So what vaccinations are you thinking about giving Apollo? Just the rabies. So because of his interaction with other dogs, mm -hmm. you do not have this have you and this vet talked about other um, precautions? And I'm just asking, no. like Nutella and things of that nature. I we are. My thing is that the dogs that he does interact with, they're all fully vaccinated. And I know people will be like, you know, it reminds me of when people would talk about, you know, the virus this past few years. Well, if you're vaccinated, why should I worry? There is no such thing as 100% protection, in my opinion. So there's always going to be a risk. We've only so far discussed rabies, um, but we are going to talk about the other ones. Uh, I think in our last conversation, I explained that if I do have him vaccinated, I, there's an initial where the, the other set of vaccines are, are. I was like, I would like to do it on a different day. So let's do rabies, wait a couple of weeks, make sure he doesn't have any type of reaction and everything's good. And then I'll bring him back and we'll do the other ones. And they were perfectly fine with that. But for right now, my focus is on the rabies because that's the law. I think my biggest, um, so Bordetella is not something that is required mm -hmm. for therapy work. Um, because my dogs don't interact with any other dogs, um, and they no longer attend any kind of a doggy daycare environment. I don't use that. Um, all of their lives, they've been vaccinated because either doggy daycare or therapy work was part of their world. Mm -hmm. um, I say that to say to you is you would want to talk to the vet since you're new to vaccinations and all of that in terms of explaining what who your dog comes in contact with mm -hmm. um, about your particular region and probably the most deadliest transmittal disease from dog to dog, which is going to be the canine virus. Mm -hmm. If that's not a risk for you, then yes, rabies is pretty much all you need. Yeah. Um, for vaccinations for my guys, rabies is all they need. Mm -hmm. um, we do fecal exams, you know, for culture. 
naturally, and just overall physical. So those are the three requirements in terms of annual competencies. Um, Leo had been vaccinated for Bordetella, but back then in what was that, 2010, 2011, who the hell knew anything about the canine virus? Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about it. You and I actually talked about it, and it was in Michigan. Yeah. Now I'm living in Virginia, um, but it took a very healthy 98 pound dog out in four days. Mm-hmm. So the dogs that you interact with, if they're not interacting with a lot of other dogs, then you are more than likely very, very safe to not worry about it. But if Apollo is going to interact with other dogs. Now, I don't know if you take him out and you're walking down the street and somebody has a dog, you start a conversation and those two dogs sniff. See, I don't do that. Yeah, neither do I. And so it's almost like, you know, my dog, my dog only sniffs the butt of another dog that I know. If that's that's your your threshold, your your level of, um, of protection, then yeah, you're fine. It's just, it's really kind of scary, but I know rabies could be an issue. God forbid I'm walking the dogs and they get into an altercation with a cat, squirrel, Mm -hmm. another dog. Um, And if they don't have their current rabies shot, I I feel like that, like I feel about flea and ticks. Yeah. You know, um, to me, unless somebody showed that they had an issue or a problem, I'm okay continuing to let them get that vaccination or take that medication um, because I would rather be safe than sorry. And a lot of people don't like it. I have a lot of friends, um, one in particular that was a vet tech, two actually. And we have a lot of fun together. And that's just a subject that we don't discuss. Mm-hmm. Um and this one person is wants to tell me about all of the things that she has witnessed and seen happen with Apoquil. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that kind of toughened my skin to be okay to hear other people talk about it and then say, you know, wow, how about this weather? Because <laughs> I'm just not, not going to get into it. And, um, yeah. but yeah, so no, good for you. I think yeah. that that's, that's think- a wonderful approach. You have a new vet, somebody that you like, and somebody that seems to um, give Apollo and everybody else what they need. And that's what's important. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we all have to make the right decision for our dogs. I mean, people can, you know, pipe in with their thoughts and opinions. If you choose to share this on social media, you're going to get opinions because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, it's up to me. You know, one thing that I I did a live um, about it, and the one thing I said is that, if, you know, by some chance, my dogs get into it with something that has rabies and it's transmitted to them and my dogs get sick and die, no one is going to be saying, oh, damn, Kimberly, let me send you some money to help cover those vet bills. Oh, damn, what can I, you know, no, because it's not their job. It's not their responsibility. It's mine. And I feel that this is a responsible thing to do. And it's okay for people to disagree with me. Um, it's it's always interesting to me when people try to tell strangers what they should and shouldn't do with their mm-hmm. animals. But I know that it comes from a place of caring and, and of people wanting to share information. It's just unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. And people are very passionate. Yeah. Very, very passionate about um, certain aspects of their dog's health and care yeah. um, and quality of life. Yeah. Um, everything has to be different. Right now, I have a very, very near and dear friend um, who happens to be um, one of my therapy dog teams. He has a 10-year-old Bernese Mountain Dog. That is unheard of. Bernese Mountain mm-hmm. Dog's really seven, eight years old. Yeah. Um, but he knew when this dog was two years old that um, he had the canine equivalent of ALS. And it did not show up until about a year ago. And I know I've talked about this dog because he's just such an incredible therapy animal. But um, we're we're at that point now. He went to the vet last, this past Tuesday or Wednesday. And it looks like um, 
he will, you know, they will prepare to cross the bridge sometime this coming week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very interesting that he has been bringing him in his red wagon because he's pretty much paralyzed from the waist down, not in any kind of pain or discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some things going around going on around the organ area. So rather than wait for this to become painful. Mm -hmm. Now he's talking with his vet. This vet has taken care of this dog for 10 years. Um, He trusts the vet and the vet loves the dog. And they've come up with a plan. And it's very interesting as I hear other people through social media find out the status of this dog and everything else, how everybody becomes so opinionated. Yeah. (laughs) You know, everyone's become and they become and, and all of a sudden they went to four years of, of everyone, medical school. Everybody <laughs> has an opinion. And, you know, I'm I'm just sitting there saying, by the grace of God, go me. You know, you, you have to kind of step back. Your support is if there's anything I can do, don't hesitate to let me know. Mm-hmm. And then that's about it. Yeah. You know, the the thing it's just. The dynamics, you know, watching human nature is fascinating to me. It really is. And sometimes when dogs bark at one another. Um, so I had 13 dogs on a float yesterday, change the subject, but um, and I had about four dogs walking, right? So when we turned the corner on a busy street, we were in this in a the Salvation Army Toys for Tots um parade. And I there was a dog across the street. That dog barked and it set off a chain reaction on the float. (laughs) And so everybody was, of course, panicking and trying to shut their dog down. And Mm -hmm. I said, leave them alone. They're not in the hospital. They're having a conversation. And it was comical as hell because (laughs) it was a doodle on the street that barked. Mm -hmm. These two um, Cocker Spaniels started with that. Yep, yep, yep. You know, then I had a Westie, another yep. Then I had a couple of other bigger dogs with a deeper bark. And I was just sitting there watching how it went down the entire float. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? <laughs> Did the dog from the street go, is that you, Betty? <laughs> said, Betty ain't on this float. And somebody else said, you know, Betty? I mean, <laughs> it was like, what are they actually barking about? But yeah. That's kind of how my brain works because I've been drinking most of my adult life. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so. Um, Let's talk about peanut butter. I don't particularly care for it. Neither do I. Oh, write that down. That's another thing we have in common. Neither do Um, I. I I mean, I, I have friends that always like to make treats and I always have to ask what is in this treat. Because I do not want to put something in my mouth and realize that it's a peanut butter something or other. Oh, I just, but my dogs love it. My dogs love peanut butter. And you sent me a link to an article about why dogs love peanut butter. And before I say anything, I want to say, if you are sitting here getting your fingers ready to type a comment about how the dangers of peanut butter, please know that we are talking about peanut, peanut butter that does not have, you know, the sweeteners, um, the, with the xylitol. Pet appropriate. Yes, exactly. You know, and we're not talking about making, you know, 50% of your dog's diet peanut butter. And if you choose not to give your dog peanut butter, that's okay. It's okay. But um, my dogs do. They love peanut butter. And the article said that the reason why was because of the salt and the, you know, the sugar in peanut Mm -hmm. butter. The, The peanut butter I buy, it only has two ingredients, peanuts and salt. And um, but then also I found it interesting because, you know, there's a lot of protein in peanuts mm-hmm. and also that what they smell has a lot to do with almost like a carryover of um, actual protein that you and I associate with meat. And yes. that's something also that they smell and that's why they, they enjoy it. Um, that they recognize to, that it's good for them. Yeah, I used to buy, I was like the kids we had on like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're making the treats. And she was like, you know, we bought the, the pet friendly, but then we realized it's much cheaper to just buy the one that doesn't have it. And so um, I was buying the the dog peanut butter for a while. And then I was like, I really don't like this. <laughs> so um, on occasion, on occasion, 
once every three, four years, I'll get a hankering, as the old people say, um, and eat peanut butter and jelly. But man, I, I got to be in such a state. <laughs> that, and I, I don't know if it, if it's nostalgic. I don't know what it is, but I didn't eat a lot of it growing up either. I did. Um, I loved Reese's peanut butter cups. And um, the reason why I don't like peanut butter today was, and I still remember when I was 13 years old, it was in the summer between um, either seventh and eighth grade or eighth grade. I think it was the summer between seventh and eighth grade. Um, I made peanut butter cookies and I made too much of the batch. And my mom told me, just go ahead and freeze what you're not going to use. And then you can thaw it and make peanut butter cookies later on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought I knew everything because I was grown and I made all those cookies and then proceeded to just eat peanut butter cookies all day long. And I have never been for years. I couldn't even stand the smell of peanut butter but I've gotten over that. But I just, the idea of eating it and we have peanut butter in the house. I used to use, use it as a medicine delivery system, but I can't stand getting it on my fingers. And I just, uh, so I use um, uh, like plain hot dogs, grass fed, grass finished hot dogs. You mean giving medicine to your dogs? Hmm? You mean giving medicine to your dogs? Yeah. I never did that. I never used anything. The pill pockets. Cheese, peanut butter, ham slices, chopped up chicken, hot dogs. <laughs> no, I just rammed it down your throat. I I did that recently with Rodrigo because of what I I get these they're locally sourced, grass fed, grass finished, plain hot dogs, which are nice. Oh and my. Rodrigo loves them, and I just cut cut them up into pieces. And in one of the pieces, I stuff a pill in it, um, and he loves them. But one time he spit the pill out and I was like, damn it. And I needed to just give him and I opened his mouth and just shoved the pill down his throat. He swallowed it. And that was it. And I was just like, that's all. I, that's I thought that it was going to be this huge convoluted. So my vet told me, she said, are you ever afraid of Harley biting you? And I was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So she said, just going through the side. And here's the trick. So I rub his, his nose, mm-hmm. right? And then I open his mouth and I put it down there. I don't squeeze his his snout. Yeah. But if you put your hand around it and I don't get in his face, I'm like here. And if you blow, it causes a dog to swallow. Really? Yes. So it's this trick. We go like this. I go like that. I have it. And, and he's like this far from me. And I guess for people who are listening and not watching, you're about eight, nine inches away, almost like a ruler uh, and just go and they're like this, but they swallow. Ah, and you're done. I didn't know that. That's so cool. If you're traveling or something, you ain't got time to find a hot dog. Or- <laughs> <laughs> and I have to do this because remember now I give Apoquil to Harley in splurts, but on a regular basis during these allergy seasons. Yeah. I got time for that. <laughs> What if I don't have cheese? Do you know that I found some cheese squares on sale as opposed to shredded cheese, which is now five, six dollars a bag? Yes. And it was generic squares. So I know it's more plastic than cheese, but um, (laughs) I had to laugh at how stupid I am because after about two days, Harley looked at me because they get that ultra oil and the OCBP for breakfast because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time. And um, after day two, when I did it day three, Harley looked at me as if to say, what's up? <laughs> and so I said, Harley, you have to eat your breakfast. And so then Harley proceeded to walk over to the refrigerator and sat. <laughs> and I said, are you this smart or am I this stupid? <laughs> I gave the three pieces of block cheese to Jack's and I proceeded to put shredded cheese over Harley's dish. <laughs> it is then that he went over to his plate and ate. 
Dogs amaze me. It cracks me up when they do stuff like that because it is. They just amaze me because Sydney was like that because she had to have her her sprinkles on her food and she would just look at her dish and then look at me and just like, I'll wait. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we're going to go downstairs and have the, um, the blonde blend by green juju. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go do that. Um, cause you know, I'm on my, I'm on my cycle, my rotation mm-hmm. and we've gone the full gamut, you know, the pumpkin, the blonde, uh, all of that. So yeah, this will be exciting. Cause this is their favorite, their absolute favorite. Yeah. I'm feeding the puppy, um, small batch freeze-dried food because, okay. um, you know, you know, when the puppy finds her forever family, I don't know what they plan to feed her. And I didn't think it was appropriate to feed raw unless she was actually our dog. I felt that it was better. I want to feed her a healthy diet, but I didn't want to feed her something that was going to result in her having diarrhea and the well, stress of that. Nice of you. So, but she, and she loves it. She does really good. She eats a lot. I forgot how much puppies eat, you know, since they've grown. Mm-hmm. She eats a lot. So, well, it was nice chatting with you, my friend. Yes, dear. So next week we have, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to write my questions down Mm -hmm. that I have about um, training. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in how she responds. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I will talk to you later, my friend. All right. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.